Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Just before I hand over to Pastor Andrew, who's going to share the word with us this morning, I'm going to read a few scriptures. Hopefully I do as well as the kids. The first one is from John 11. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? John 14. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Well, good morning, everybody. If we haven't met before, my name is Andrew, and thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us here at City Lights Church. This is the 17th of September, 2009, and it was at night. We were in Sydney, and I was driving my wife, um, Beck, who's here with us today, and uh, I was driving her to the hospital, and she was pregnant with our first child. Now, I wouldn't say that in that car trip she was seated. I don't know if you've ever seen um, a pregnant lady uh, who's having a contraction while in a car. It's quite an experience. There was kind of this levitation kind of thing happening there. And it was very intense. And so we were there. We were there overnight. And the next morning she was well into labor. Now, because it was our first child, we had all the things that you do for your first child. We had this special like go bag. And in the go bag, we had had special like massage oils and relaxing kind of uh, things. And we had a a CD that we had created with all our relaxing music on it. We did not open that bag. That bag, that's, that bag stayed zipped up, if you know what I mean. That was just like locked down, that bag, because there was, there was just this intensity and it was like, without saying it, there wasn't many words exchanged, but it's like, I want you to be close, but I definitely don't want you to touch me and I definitely don't want any uh, massage right now. <laughs> and so I don't, I don't know if you've ever been... Uh, for those who had privilege to see uh, a child born or maybe uh, even experience, obviously it's different, but to see 
something being born, it's very, it's very intense, isn't it? It's wonderful, but it's not like, it's not magical, right? It's, it's beautiful and it's glorious, but it's not always pretty. It's very, how do we explain it? It's very intense. It's very messy. And so, by the grace of God, my daughter was delivered on that day, the 18th of September, 2009. And I said to Beck, okay, this, is, this has been great. The pregnancy is over. Now it's time to go back to our normal lives. And she said to me, I said, look, we, we can go home. And she said to me, no, this, this baby is coming back with us. It's coming to our house. And I said, are you for real? And I said to her, okay, but maybe just for a couple of weeks while they get on their feet. But uh, that wasn't the case. As far as I'm aware, my daughter is still living in our house. And um, she hasn't yet uh, paid rent, sometimes demanding, particularly in the early stages. The truth is that we have a, a beautiful and healthy daughter. One of the key ways for us to understand both the mission and the method of Jesus, who he was and why he came and how he went about his work and what his work is, is through the filter and the framework of family. Now, many of us would know that Jesus, when Jesus comes, he came and he described himself as a son and he referred to God as his loving father. Now, the, the idea that it's this healthy family, this father and son relationship, that is one of the key ways to understand what Jesus was all about. When you have a baby, what you notice is that new birth is not just the beginning. So new birth is not the end. It's just the beginning. And new birth becomes new life. And it's just the same way as we understand what Jesus did and what the resurrection means, which is what we're celebrating today, Resurrection Sunday. It's not just the end, but it's actually a new beginning. There was this intense, catalytic moment where Jesus did something that marked the history of the world. But now we have this opportunity to live out the new life that Jesus had for us. Do you know that Jesus actually described what he came to do is to allow us to have new birth. When he was having a conversation in the book of John chapter 3 with a, with a guy, he says this, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he's not saying a physical rebirth. He's not saying you go back into your mum's tummy, but he's saying there is the idea of, of a spiritual rebirth. John 1, 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, 
Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of husband's will, but born of God. And the resurrection makes that possible. And if we get this understanding that one of the key ways that we will understand who we are, what we're here for, what Jesus, why Jesus came, is the ideas that are contained in the framework of a healthy family. That God is a loving father. That we have the opportunity to be born again into his family and through Christ for those that choose and those that believe this is our destiny. Ephesians 2 says this, Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Isn't that wonderful? That we have the opportunity. Now, I don't know what what kind of family you grew up. Maybe you had some great experiences in the family that you grew up. Or maybe it was toxic or tragic or a bit of a mix of both. But it's through the work of Jesus that we have the opportunity for new birth that leads into new life. And we are part of God's family. Now, the question is, what should we what should this look like if we are born? And that's just the beginning. It's not the end. What should this look like? What is the goal? How should we measure this? My one of my beautiful kids, not part of the show, but anyway, <laughs> anything could happen. All right. You want chocolate? We got chocolate. So, what should this look like? If we have this opportunity to make a new life, what if I said to you right now that you could create any kind of life that you wanted? Now, most of us. When you hear the stories about people, most of us, most people, they say they have this kind of journey that's like rags to riches. Anyone heard of Jennifer Lopez? All right. Jenny from the block. She used to have a little. Now she's got a lot. I promise I will not rap. Okay. No, I won't. But a lot of people, when we describe or when we think about what a future is, if I got a new life, if I had a new chance, if I had power to, be, to change, where, what, would it, what would it look like? And a lot of us land with this, what I have, my stuff, my achievements, whether that is in career, whether that's the way that you look, whether that's some kind of like personal habits, right? Your successes, your relationships. What, what kind of relationships do you have? And for some of us, even at a base level, you put in there your relationship with Jesus. It's part of what I have. But I want to propose an alternative And say that the goal of new life in Jesus is not what I have. 
Here's an alternative. What I become. Ephesians 4 verse 13. It talks about the goal of this new life is that that we will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Here's an alternative, not just what I have, but who I am becoming. And the Apostle Paul is proposing that the goal of this new life is that we become like Jesus. That we don't just celebrate what Jesus did, but we look to Jesus as an example of how to live. Now, I don't know your familiarity with the story of Jesus that is contained in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John is where you're going to find narratives and teachings and parables, the collections of the life of Jesus, how he lived. Amazing. If you've never read that, I encourage you to find out for yourself and uh, ask why Jesus was such the figure that he was. But we see God himself walk as a human. We see Jesus being a master of his emotions. We see him being courageous. We see him being humble. We see him relying on God. We see him challenging injustice. We see him stepping out and, and partnering in the power of God. And what we understand is that the idea that we would mature, this is what it says, to mature in the Lord, to measure up into the full and complete standard of Christ, this is a goal of new life. But I would also say as a father and for Beck and I as parents, our goal for our kids is that they would mature, that they would grow up, that they would learn to control their emotions, that they would learn uh, to live a life of adventure, to take steps of faith, that they would learn to be skillful, that they would learn how to communicate with people. We want them to grow up into maturity and this is what God's destiny for each and every Christian and believer is that we would grow up in strength and in life. But I also want to say that this in itself is still incomplete. That the goal of new life is not just who I am becoming, but the goal of new life is who we are becoming. When the Apostle Paul talks about this, he doesn't use I or me or you. He says we. And this is where being part of the family comes in. I don't know your relationship status or your relationship with your family right now. But I do know that family is very difficult. To stay in close relationship with people, that's one of the most difficult things that you can do. But it's in the person of Jesus, when we become like Jesus, and when a group of people share a commitment to be like Jesus, to forgive like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to serve one another like Jesus, that 
is when we start to fully embrace new life. Do you know it's, it's in this idea that we answer one of the key questions of why we have churches? Because in the resurrection, there was this moment of intensity, just like the, the birth, the moment of intensity. But then as you mature, there are different moments in life but you enter into a rhythm which is more about consistency than intensity. You learn what it is to do a day-to-day life journey with people. And when Jesus was on earth, his ministry, yes, there were amazing confrontations, there were miracles, and we'll see that in our own lives. But one of the hallmarks of his ministry was that he lived and walked and talked with a small group of people in a way that was close and personal. And they didn't always get it right, the disciples in their relationship with Jesus, the way they thought, the way they acted. But he was gracious with them. Do you know it's in that picture that we see why we come together, not just in this moment to listen to someone speak, but to develop relationships with each other over a journey of time, to go through the ups and downs of life with each other in a way that is close, in a way that is personal, in a way that builds trust over time, and a way that we have deep connections with each other. This is what it means to be part of church to become who, not just who I am becoming, but it's who we are becoming. Let me give you a couple of hallmarks of what it means to become like Jesus. The first hallmark of what it, believes, uh, what it means to become like Jesus is that we have faith in the person of Jesus, that we have faith in God, that we understand that God is good, even when we can see it and even when we can't. We believe, as we become part of God's family, that God can supply all of our needs, that nothing is too difficult for God. This is what it means. The second thing that it means is that we understand that we have access to the truth about God, but also the truth of God. The truth of God is that you and I, we are not created as an accident. We are not created by chance. We are not created just uh, as as an explosion or a random act. But each and every one of us is created by design. Each and every one of us, God knows us, we are valuable in God's sight. Each and every one of us, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And I want to say that there are some people here, and that's exactly what you needed to hear. When you know the truth about yourself in the eyes of God, when you begin to see yourself the way that God begins to see you, your life begins to change. When you realize that the focus of your life is not just yourself, but it's actually that God has put you here on purpose, for a purpose, 
I tell you what lifts off, anxiety lifts off. Because we begin to see the world differently and we don't need to just spend all our time just trying to figure out what's going on with me. We, we trust and we have faith in the truth of who God created us to be. The last thing is this description of what it means to be, I'll use the word loving. I know that means a lot of things to a lot of people. But in the deepest sense of a deep trust, a deep security, knowing that people are fighting for you, knowing that people have got your back, knowing that people accept you however you are, this is what it means to be part of a loving family. Ephesians 4, verse 2, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Do you know that's a pretty good description of an environment, of family? That's very compelling. That if a group of people, some people in this room have already made that decision. If a group of people have said, I'm going to give my life, not, not necessarily everything's going to go smoothly, but I'm going to give my life to be humble, to be patient, to make allowances for other people's mistakes, to forgive others, to do everything that I can, to stay in unity, to go out of my way, to love people, to help people. I love this. One of the words here is translated gentleness, but actually one of the original, uh, part of the original language is the word meek. And what that means is that I add gentleness to my power and I don't use my power to get my own way. I want to encourage us that that, that kind of relationship, that kind of environment, that kind of church are people with that attitude, that's going to change a lot of things. Have you been in an environment where people are jockeying for power? Have you been in an environment where people are not committed to each other, but they're committed only to themselves? This is not the church. But what today means and what we are celebrating today is new birth, opening the way to new life and that new life springing over and spilling over into us growing up to be like Jesus. Why don't you bow your heads? I'm going to pray. Do you know it's through the, the work of Jesus that we have access to God? And that access to God is a gift. It's not something that we earn. It's a gift. It's a free gift.
And right now what I'm going to do, and this may be very unfamiliar to some of you or very familiar to some of you, we're just going to invite the presence of God. We believe that God speaks to people, not necessarily through an audible voice, although sometimes, but with a sense in our heart, with words in our minds, with a feeling. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence within us. We thank you for the atmosphere in this place. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Right now, what I'd love to do, you can keep your eyes shut. I want to provide an invitation into God's family with taking the first step. And the first step is this. John 1, 12 says, Those who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. What does it mean to believe in Jesus' name? It means to accept that He is God and believe He is everything that He claimed to be in the Bible. And so I'm going to open an opportunity for anyone who wants to do that. You don't need to know all the answers. It's just about taking that first step and saying, Yes, Jesus, I believe that you are God. And I invite you into my heart. If that's you, would you put up your hand just so I can pray for you and with you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that hand. Invitation. There's hands going up. Anyone else? Love to include you in this moment, in this prayer. Thank you, God. Jesus, we thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the power to overcome death, for the power to overcome everything that separates us from you. And also, Lord, we thank you for eternal life. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for those that have put up their hand and even those that are still thinking about it. We thank you that your life, the new birth, will become new life within them, that you would release your presence in their hearts. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.